We were talking about faith that you can see last week. I want to finish today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to um, uh, the book of Mark, chapter 2. And we're going to talk about this story that you probably already know, but let's look at some things. Mark, chapter 2, verse 2. And it says this, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing the paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So, that, so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying when Jesus saw their faith. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, let your word become revelation to us. Let it become uh, something that's speaking to us every day. Let it change the way we believe, change the way we act, change the way we live in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You know the story, the guy gets up and picks up his bed and walks. It's a huge miracle. And we talked about faith that you can see, God actually calling you in to action. So we, we said last week that difficult circumstances reveal the level of your faith. I mean, difficulty comes to everybody. If you're not in a storm, one's probably coming, or a difficulty's probably coming. And when it comes, it's going to reveal where you are. And at that moment, you're either going to uh, take your faith to the next level or you're going to move your vision down a level. You're either going to go up in faith or you're going to take your vision down. And, and life has a way of either moving us down to an acceptable level where we're just getting by or it's moving us up, right, to another level where we can believe and do and see things we never saw before. So we can see problems that are not they're, they're, that are uh, not easy for us to handle, either they crush us or they challenge us to get better. So either it's an opportunity or it's the opposition. I don't know how you look at it. When you face something, you're like, man, why am I suffering so much opposition? Well, maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe this is an opportunity for God to teach you how to do something more, how to do something different. The opportunity for faith uh, arises when you face something you can't handle on your own. That's why you don't see as many miracles in America as many other countries because we have so many ways to handle problems. We've got insurance for everything, right? Insurance for our dogs. We've got insurance for everything. And, and, and not just the product insurance, we have backups for things. You know, we have redundancy that if that doesn't work, I'll go to this doctor. Then I'll go to a specialist. So when um, we face something we can't handle like these guys did, they had a friend that was paralyzed, and he couldn't move, and they tried everything, and they had run out of options. Running out of options is not a bad thing for most people if they know how to step into faith. It, running out of options it might be the best thing for you. To, you got no way to finagle it. You know, my wife doesn't like when I'm finagling a motorcycle deal. Or <laughs> What I'll do is I'll just take this and pay off that. And, uh, she hates that. I don't even bother finagling with my wife anymore. She'd be like, uh-uh. You're finagling. That ain't faith. <laughs> and I'll tell everybody. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we, li we like to work a deal where we don't have to believe God for great things. But sometimes we hit the wall like these guys did, and it forces you to go into faith. Dif difficult circumstances brings everybody to this choice. You either come into faith or sink into despair. 
And it might be quiet and despair. Nobody might know about it. But you either, when you have a sick child, you have a situation you can't handle, you either come into great faith or you sink into despair. There's no in-between. Circumstances make sure. When you've got a financial issue or some marriage issue, you're either coming into faith or you're sinking into despair. You've got to make a call. So problems, in a way, they work for us. And we talked about last week that faith must be conceived and how he had to, this, these young men or these people, they had to hear that Jesus was in town, that he was a healer, and they responded. And uh, we talked last week, number two, that faith becomes action. And we talked about the faith that Jesus could see was a faith that became action. That they, they, they went through all those steps we talked about. The first one was what? P is what? Preparation. What's the second one? I is, is incubation. What's C? Confession. And then they went into A, which is action. Pick a action. Because, uh, and it happened in a moment. Some people say, I'm still working on my faith. And it's true. Sometimes to get a rhema, confident word from God takes a little while. Other times you get a word from God and you make a confession. And then God says, it happens. It happened in a moment. Not only did it happen, it happened with a group in a moment. So you can come into faith as a group in a moment. A church can come into faith as a group in a moment and do great things for God. It doesn't necessarily have to be a process. It has to do with God visiting and saying, this is your moment. It's easy to fall into despair, but it's a miracle to come into faith when God shows up. So he brought them into action. Now, uh, we talked about the different kinds of action that, that Jesus, you know, in G, the ministry of Jesus. We, 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 we talked about how he, uh, he would spit in mud and put in the guy's eye and say, go wash in the pool. All that's action. So faith is not just, oh, your faith made you well. It was actually something he said, do this. God told him, make some mud, put it in his eye and tell him. Jesus told him, and he, go wash in the pool of Siloam. He did it, and he was healed. And you remember we talked about those um, lepers. Those ten lepers, they came all, you know, lep leprified. <laughs> My wife doesn't like when I make up words, but you know what? It works. But they came all afflicted with leprosy to him. And then while they were still afflicted, he said, go show yourself to the priest and, and uh, do what the Bible says when someone gets healed. So they started acting as if they were healed on their way. I'm not going to do the thing again because it's. It worked the first time, we're not going to do it again. <laughs> I've already been there on that. But, uh, but they, they, they started walking along the way with no nose, no arm, no fingers. They started acting like they were healed, going to show the priest they were healed, but they weren't healed. And while they were acting, their fingers started growing back. So there, was, there is a faith that has to do with you obeying God even when it doesn't seem like anything happened. You just start obeying God and doing it, and bam, it happened while you were doing it. Even the guy in this story, Jesus tells a paralyzed man, get up, take up your bed and walk. Do what you couldn't do before. And you get the, the idea is this young man said, all right, and he just went ahead and did what Jesus said even though Everybody knew he couldn't do it. And that's how faith, faith said, no, do what you couldn't do before. And some of you say, well, you know, I, I can't, I just got, got to where I just can't exercise. You ought to join the gym and start doing some things. You, you can do a lot more than you thought you could do. 
You're going to find that you're, you still got some juice in your tank. And sometimes we hear the enemy tr trying to rob us of things that are still ours. There's still something you can do. There's still a, a motion that you can make, and God will meet you there. But you've got to get beyond all of the limits that you put on yourself. Are you with me? So we talked about that, and y'all know we talked about I should change the name to Spank the Puppy. If you're here, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But many times God gives people to, uh, an action that brings a miracle. And I want you to focus on that because as you come into faith, and you're believing God for whether it's your marriage, your children, your finances, your ministry, whatever it is. You don't need to feel the stress of it. You can't make yourself healed. You can't make people change. You can't change your finances. If you stress about it, you're making it worse. Coming in the faith is the opposite of stressing. Faith is letting go and letting God, like they used to say, right? Faith is when you say, you know what, I ain't worried about it. God told me I had it. I'm taking it. I'm receiving it. Now, that's a step that you take to say, that ain't my deal anymore. When you come into faith, you're not stressing. The Bible says don't worry about anything but pray about everything. In other words, if you're worrying, you're not praying. If you're praying, you're not worrying. You can't be both. Because when you give all that to Jesus, you come into faith. It is a motion that you make when you stop looking at the problem and you start seeing the answer. It is a mental jump that you make when you say, I'm going to stop focusing quietly, secretly on how come things are the way they are. Stop thinking about that. Start thinking about where they're about to be. Start thinking about what the promise is in your life. Get up, get lift up your eyes and start seeing this thing isn't over yet. You can believe God and you can see something great. you got to make that motion. That's what faith is. It's a motion to get out from under there and get up here where God is. God is not under. Someone said, uh, I said how you doing? Oh, under the circumstances. I'm doing all right. What are you doing under there? You should be above the circumstances. You don't need to be under those circumstances. Get on up here where God is. God's not under there. God's not laboring. These things are easy for God, but they're hard for you. You need to get your vision up here where you say, you know what? I live in the unlimited. I, I don't care where my kids are right now. I'm going to tell you where they're going to be. I don't care where my finances are right now. I'm telling you where they're going to be. I don't care where my health is right now. I want to tell you where it's going to be. I make a motion and I rise above it. Are you with me? So, so and look, and that is a powerful moment. And I, I'm, I'm illustrating in a moment because I want you to, you know you've all been there where you're feeling it. Where you're like, okay, I got this now. Maybe you had a bad week at the business or something. You know what I mean? You're like, God, What? Last year was great, and this year's, you know, and then the enemy says, oh, I got you, man. And you're like, God, did you hear what he said? Sounded true. Right? And if, if you're not careful, you, you start sinking into fear, start believing the uh, version of, of your future based on the enemy. And he's going to do this to your kids, and he's going to do this to you, and he'll, and, you know, and look, our hearts, if you're not careful, when you are a natural man, you lean not toward faith, but toward fear. It's easy to get scared. I mean, especially things are going good. Ooh, I hope things keep going good. Things just can't keep going good. It's part of our nature, our fallen nature is to slip into unbelief, right? And when circumstances come and our spirit's not ready for it, we can feel ourselves just sinking under that. But there's a moment you have to have where you rise up and say, wait, 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 wait. God's promises are bigger than whatever I'm facing. And, and look, God's promise is always true. 
100% of the time, God never, how come people focus, they, they attach emotionally to the one bad thing that's happening and they can't even see the hundred good things that are happening? You can't see the hundred good things that God's doing in your life, but you focus on that one thing that God hasn't done something yet, and you just get obsessed, and it fills you with this negative emotion. I always wondered, like the children of Israel, they're in the middle of the desert, and um, they got this idea, let's go back to Egypt. Remember those leeks and those onions? And they're like, yeah, man, that was awesome. They remember the leeks and the onions, but they forgot 400 years of slavery? How in the world? Well, that's how people do. That you forget all the great things that God did. One little thing, and you're like, man, that was cool. We used to get drunk. That's the one thing you remember? Remember all the toilet time you did? I mean, remember all the despair and all the darkness and all the guilt and all the fear and all the anger and all the brokenness. Don't you remember all that depression that you had? No, I remember getting drunk, though. It was awesome. No, it wasn't. It's not as good as you thought it was. Stop remembering those things. And sometimes we remember the things that God didn't do and forget all the great things he did. If God's been faithful to you, wave your hand at me and say, he's been faithful. He has been faithful. So be encouraged. He's going to continue to be faithful. And you've got some situations. Now, here's what happened. People come into great faith. And, they, you know, I love to preach on faith because you can see it lights people up. Because your spirit, you're born for that. It's like fuel into your spiritual tank. You're like, bam. Oh, yeah, well, okay, I'm going to do this now. And it's good. But then, like in this story, they decided to say, okay, we're going to carry him to Jesus. I know what's going to happen. We're going to bring him to Jesus. He's going to get healed. It's going to be awesome. And, I just, and they envisioned it. They're confessing it. They're doing the action. This is going to be great. And, and then when they get close, it's a traffic jam. You can't get to Jesus. How many of you hate traffic jams? How about the one in Mandeville? I hate that one. It's every single day. I want to send a letter to somebody. Like, I don't even live in Mandeville, but it's costing me about 40 minutes every day. That's another story. But anyway, traffic jams are just like you can't get anywhere. And that's, they, their faith came to a screeching on. And they're like, I was believing God. My marriage had like one good week. And, and then it looks like that boy is right back to where he was. Debbie Downer spirit comes on you. And you're like, womp, womp. You thought it was going to work, but it didn't work. Because you're in a traffic jam and there's, you're in this frustrating moment. See, but you, you got the idea that if it's God, it's got to be easy. That's your problem. You think if God's in it, oh, it's got to be easy. Oh, if this is God's plan, then there wouldn't be any traffic here. Oh, that's your problem. Oh, you, you still got to understand how it works. Because sometimes it's harder just because it is God. And sometimes God's got to find out if you're a quitter. God's got to find out if you're a man and a woman of character. God wants to find out if this this faith or is this fantasy. Because we're going to find out if it's a fantasy because you won't hit a traffic jam. Oh, God wanted us to come to Jesus, but we wanted to bring our friend. And if God was in this, why are we having all this trouble? This is ridiculous. Let's go back home. Sorry, dude. You're paralyzed forever. Some, some people would rather the glory of I tried rather than the glory of I succeeded with God. Some people think it's glorious to say, well, I tried. Tried, tried. You might as well just left the boy in the house. He's better off if you hadn't even tried to bring him. If you're not going to finish this thing, don't get in it. 
so he's end up with, you're going to end up with, with a setback. My friend Roosevelt used to say, your setback is a setup for a comeback. Say, tell somebody, your setback is only a setup for a comeback. See, when you face a setback at that point, we're going to find out who you are. If this is real faith, see, faith finishes. Ah, faith don't try, faith finishes. And you said, my kids were doing so good, and then it seems like they're right back. What happened this weekend? Because they're right back to where, okay, hold on, hold on. Listen, the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning. I was sitting right there. I'm going to say what he said. He wanted me to tell you, you have not been denied You've just been delayed. To be delayed does not mean you've been denied. I mean, just write it down because that's the Holy Spirit. You might have been delayed, but you haven't been denied because this is the sound of faith. Just because, look, it's easy to get frustrated when we're in that Jesus traffic jam. You're trying to do what God told you to do, and you can't get the thing to move. And nobody wants to give up their spot because you got a friend you know, that's paralyzed, and nobody understands where you're coming from, and now you get the, I, listen, this is what I found out about people in life. If you've got quit in you, life will give you a reason to quit. If you've got quit in you, circumstances are going to reveal the quit that's inside of you. But if you don't have a quit in you, you face circumstances, you're like, oh, really? I've seen mounds like this before. I've born to take these mountains down. I know what this is. This is just a test. This is just a temporary setback. This setback is a setup for my comeback. I'm about to go right over this mountain. So in other words, faith perseveres. We're not just, you know, crossing our fingers and hoping for good luck. Faith says, okay, that was a huge setback. Bam, that hurts. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bow up. I'm going to say, like, like, what did he, like, these guys do, man? What did they do? They're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And one said, I know one thing, we ain't going back. You need a voice like that. I know one thing, we ain't going back. We're not going back to unbelief. We're not going back to fear. We're not going back to drugs. We're not going back to depression. We're not going back to that old life. I don't know what this is, but I can tell you it's not going to stop me. I'm not going back. I'm going on. This thing is going to work for us. you got to rid your heart, your mind of quit. There is no quit in faith. There is no quit. It wasn't God in the first place if you quit. Well, I believe it was the Lord, but it got hard, brother. Come on, please. Don't make me throw up. <laughs> I don't want to be cocky, but it just, that's how people talk. Oh, it, no, it was the Lord, but I'll tell you what. In life, oh, please don't tell me. i got worse stories than you. I promise. If you're looking for a reason to feel sorry for yourself, you're going to find one. If you just want to be a martyr, then you're going to be one. But if you choose to win, see, God's going to promote you to be something you never were because you did something you never did. This time, you're not giving in. This time, you're not giving up. This time, you're not backing down. This time, you're not looking for an excuse to get out. This time, you're going over. This time, you're going through. This time, you're going to find a way to finish. I read this in Baton Rouge a couple of weeks ago. I want you to see it. Mark 8, 23. And so he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit in his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men in the trees, and men like trees walking. Stop right there. It didn't work. Jesus put mud on him, spit on the boy, laid hands on him. You're not just Jesus. That's a trifecta. If you get mud, spit, and hands laid on you. 
And you still can't see. That's when most people quit. Like, oh, I can't see. I'm just going to have to. Jesus said, well, how's it looking? Most Christians would say, perfect. It's perfect. You know it's not perfect. People look like trees. <laughs> but you want to make God look good. No, it's perfect. This is the greatest marriage ever. You're like, I, I hate her still. But you know what? I'm learning to love her in Jesus. And then one day I might. You know, you, you give up too soon. You don't get in this life what you deserve. You get what you settle for. And you've got to get rid of that settling spirit that said, you know what, it's not what I wanted, but I'll just have to settle. No, you don't. If you're willing to settle for seeing ministries, you're just going to see ministries the rest of your life. And Jesus said, what does it look like? He said, I, sorry to embarrass you, Jesus, but it didn't work. I mean, I don't see quite right. And then Jesus said, well, let me, just, let me try that one more. Some of you just need an, another touch from Jesus. you got to stop settling for, I, I did good enough. Good enough is not good enough. A good enough finance is not good enough. Good enough church, good enough ministry. I'm not living for good enough. I'm looking for God enough. I'm looking for God's plan, God's best, God's glory in my life. And I'm not going to settle for okay. I'm not going to survive. Well, God pulled me through. No, no. I'm not settling for that. I'm going to be out of debt. I'm going to be abundantly blessed. I'm going to be over the top. Everything in my life is going to be over the top because I serve the God of abundance. What did Jesus say? The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have an overflowing, abundant life. I came so you could have it. You need to make your mind. I'm going to have that then. You may be, tell somebody, you may be denied, de delayed, but you're not denied. I mean, look him in the eye and say, you might be delayed, but you're not denied. It was a great testimony Becca gave last week about the miracle that she got in her body. And then one of the miracles that she wanted, it was better, but it, it, she's still fighting for it. And she gave the testimony of Baton Rouge last week. It's awesome. Because it's, and she said, you know what, I'm still standing. I'm not giving up just because I got one miracle, didn't get the other. She said, I'm going to hold out. I want both miracles. And you know what, she's going to get it. She's going to get it because she understands that looking for a reason to compromise means that you're going to live a compromise. No compromise. Have exactly what God said you could have. I love this. You know, I've said this, I've used this story many times. Matthew 15, 22. And behold, a woman from Canaan, from that region, cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said to the woman, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I mean, that's when you quit. I mean, when she got a word from God, I ain't sent to you. It would be like being a white person and saying, I'm only sent to black people, not to white people. And you happen to be white. Because that's what it was. He said, I'm only sent to Israelis. I'm not sent to people like you. That wasn't, when Jesus insults you, it's time to just let it go. I mean, you tried. You hollered out. Your demon-possessed daughter, you hollered out to God. You, the disciple says she won't get it. She's persevering. She won't leave us alone. Jesus, won't you send her away? Jesus said, hey, go away. Go away, I'm not sent for you. I don't know what your deal is, but that's not about you. See, some people get offended too easy at God. Man, God would have done it by now. He should have done it. Okay, okay, hold up, hold up. This woman, what did he say? 
And he answered and said, it's not good. Listen to this. It's not. She came, worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Dude, that's time to quit. That's time to quit when Jesus now has just called you a dog. It's time to let it go. It's time to go back to the house. It's time to settle for what, you know, hey, your daughter's demon possessed. What you going to do? Tie her up. Do something. Give <laughs> her some drugs. Do something. Because she went to Jesus. You got every reason now to say, Jesus, not only did he tell me it was, now he's calling me a dog. It's time to get your feelings hurt. How many Christians got their feelings hurt and said, okay, you, get, and you, think you, you think you turned God around? No. If offended will keep you out of faith, then you just live offended then. You think it's going to change God? Oh, God will see how offended I am. He's going to change his mind. No, God don't send miracles because you're offended. If you want to get offended that, or between you and God, that's you. I know that's, you know, that's kind of dangerous territory, but it really is true. People in their heart get secretly offended. Like, I've been waiting. I'm as good as anybody else. I gave my tithe. How come? And they, they, they end up with like this secret offense toward God. If you're willing to let anything stop you on the way, you just be stopped. That's what she says. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from under their master's table. She said, I ain't quitting. Call me a dog. I don't care. I didn't come here to be praised. I didn't come here to be loved on. I came here to get a miracle. I don't care what you say. I'm going to get my miracle. Okay, I'm a dog then. I'm a dog then. But a dog gets to eat the crumbs from under the table. I will not give up. My daughter will have that miracle. I will enter into the promise of God. Look what Jesus said. Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. I'm talking about faith that just won't give up. A faith that just won't quit that just won't let go I don't care what it is you say I made my mind up that's the kind of faith that wins not the kind of Sunday morning faith Ooh, that was so wonderful I'm believing for a new car and you never got a new car you just played Sunday morning oh, it's a Sunday morning okay well how about actually getting a new car because it's going to take a little more than just waving your hand on Sunday morning and not pressing through to say God told me I was going to have it I'm going to have it you have to be convinced. I remember when I started the church way back when. We started with nobody over there, a handful of people. And I remember in my in mind the entire time, just like right now, the entire time I thought, I got a huge church. I have a huge church. I didn't even want a huge church. But I thought, if God's going to do it, I'm in it. It's going to be big. You say, Pastor Ray, that's cocky. No, I'm cocky for God. I know who God is. Problems become small when God is big. But I knew it. I didn't care what happened when we had 25 or 30 people. 100, that didn't bother me. Because it didn't matter because none of that affects me. I already know how this thing's going to end. I already made up in my mind how it ends. And it doesn't move me. People don't move me. They come, they go. Don't bother me one way or the other. I made up my mind. This is how this thing is coming out. And it caused God's attention to be on this ministry. And that's the way it works. You, just, you determine in your mind and say, this is the way it is. This is the way God promised and that's the way it's going to be. I don't accept anything else. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not accepting anything else. Are you still with me? Listen, the, the voice of logic speaks loudest in the face of setbacks. Toya, the voice of logic rises up in the face. You know what you should have done? You should have, okay. You need to shut down that spirit and decide I'm going to move into what God has. Genuine faith 
rises to the occasion. Luke 11.5, I got to finish soon. Luke 11.5 says this. I'm going to 10. And he said to them, which of you having a friend goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before you. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. That's strange, but I'm sure that's what happened back in the day. <laughs> that's not happening at my house. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> of course, with grandbabies, it's a different story. Uh, I cannot rise and give to you, but I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he's a friend, yet because of his persistence, say it with me, because of his, say it again, because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. So Jesus said, I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? He said, hey, look, don't back down. Don't back down on your faith. It doesn't mean just kids don't change, finances don't change, husbands don't change, job doesn't change, things don't change. Listen, this is a process. You just get into that thing. And you look, it takes a long time to get to California. You're going to get there. You just don't turn back. You don't give up. And you stay persistent. You ask and you keep on asking. You knock. You keep on knocking. You keep pushing and pressing. And you're going to have what God says you have. Number four, let me finish with this. Faith breaks through. See, God's going to make you a descendant to where you look just like Jesus. Real faith never surrenders. Real faith, that's the kind you have. Never surrenders. Never surrenders just because you can't get through the door to get your friend to Jesus. I love that. What did they do? They said, let's just tear, let's just tear the roof off. Now, I just love Christians like that. You know, it's against the law to tear a brother's roof off. I don't know if you are thinking it through, but I don't even like it if somebody tore my roof off. Even if Jesus was speaking, I'd be like, excuse me? And he's in the middle of a meeting preaching. They thought their agenda was more important than Jesus' preaching. Now, that's a lot of nerve. But when you got it in your mind, uh -uh, God told us, and we can't get through the door. We tried pushing. And see, opposition is the, uh, is the birthplace of Holy Spirit ingenuity. When you see opposition, you say, well, there's just, I don't see any way. And that's when, this is Holy Spirit time. This is when God says, okay, let me tell you what you're going to do. Look, those moments, even you hear a solution, you're like, this sounds crazy. I think the Holy Spirit just said, go tear the roof off. I mean, a literal breakthrough, a breakthrough to actually break through. You can do it. Faith presses through the crowd. Faith perseveres, like that woman with the issue of blood. Faith says, I know I shouldn't be able to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Faith finds a way to conquer.
Faith is this moment. Look, setbacks are this moment where you say, okay, God, what now? Now, this is not panic. This is not you going into a frenzy, just trying stuff. This is a moment where God says, look, we're going to have to tear the roof off of this. And y'all know what happened, right? They crawled up, tore the roof off. Jesus is in the middle of a sentence. Stuff starts falling out of the ceiling. And he looks like, what is this right here? And they start lowering a boy. <laughs> they, a paralyzed man comes floating through the ceiling. You know, God had to smile. God had to say, no, that right there, that right there, that's what I'm talking about. That's wanting to be in church right there. When you, when you will break a hole through the roof, if the air conditioner went out this next Sunday, some of you are like, I ain't going no air conditioner. This is Louisiana. <laughs> but these guys said, no, we can get in, man. And they tore off the roof, and Jesus sitting there, he looked at that boy and said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Take up your bed and walk. The Bible says when he saw their great faith. And I want you to be inspired this week. Believe me, your setback is coming. I'm not prophesying. I'm just telling you what's true. Coming into great faith is not an easy thing. Because it has to do with persistence. It has to do with a made up mind. That is not moved by what people do. What circumstances do not move at all. Faith says, this is what God promised me, and this is what I'm going to have. And when you face that opposition, and it's suddenly not easy to do it, and if it was God, it wouldn't be, no. It is God. And God is going to teach, some of you have bumped up the same thing every time. You've bumped up against the same opposition every time, and every time you've backed down and said, well, I tried. Something is happening different to you. You're going to step into something new. You're going to step into a place of faith that is so freeing that you're going to say, you know what? I don't care. Uh, God's going to give me the strategy. God's going to give me the word. God's going to give me the way. It looks like there is no way, but God's about to make a way. I want to pray for you because... The, you're going to come into a change. You're going to stop hitting that wall and getting discouraged. You're going to stop hitting that discouragement and giving up. You're going to stop finding a reason to let go and go back to zero. You're going to stop that. Today, it stops. Can you say it with me? Say, today it stops. Come on, confess. I may have been delayed, but I have not been denied. Come on, put it in your spirit. Every miracle that you're believing God for is coming into your life. If you don't mind, stand up with me and let's lift our hands to Jesus. Emotions like discouragement, like depression, like defeat, they literally, the word, all of them have this D-E in them. It means to press down, depress, to press down. Defeat, destroy, right? It's, it's weight. It's weight. And when you've got that in you, some, some people carry that with them. 
they want to believe, but they, 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 they're super fragile. Any little thing happened, and, and, they, and the weight just, boom, comes right. It's like they, 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 they keep carrying that weight. Now, if you don't mind, we're just going to let that go. Let's lift our hands to Jesus. And uh, like those fishermen that fished all night and caught nothing, Peter said, but at your word, I'm going back. Listen, that's what it means. You've been up all night, and you're light enough to go back out again. Now, right now, with your hands lifted, I just want you to say, Father, in Jesus' name, I release from my life the weight of unbelief. I trust you. When it's not easy, I trust you. I yield it to you. Take this from my life. Remove this weight from my life. I trade the weight of my past and my difficulties and my disappointments and I nailed them to the cross and I received the weight of your glory the weight of your promises I declare all of your promises for me are yes and amen and I declare over my life Though I may have been delayed, I have not been denied. And I make the decision right now to enter in to all God has for me. I will not back down. I will not give in. I will not give up. I receive a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit on the embers of my faith. Let my faith become a fire again. Regardless of my circumstances, regardless of my setbacks, I choose to stay in the flame of faith. Now with your hands lifted, I want you to receive the anointing of faith. The anointing of faith is joy. The anointing of faith is peace. The anointing of faith is energy and excitement. Come on, declare it when you say in the name of Jesus, every setback is a small thing and it's under my feet. I'm in the process of conquering the promises of God. I receive them. I enter into them. They are mine. They are yes and amen. I receive the anointing of faith over my life. The anointing of joy. The anointing of peace. The anointing of confidence. The, the anointing of character. I receive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I just felt the Holy Spirit saying you need to put something under your feet. Some of you kind of put it to the side of you and it comes right back on you. You need to put it under your feet once and for all. You have the favor of God on your life, not because you live a per perfect life and that you're mistake free. The, the favor of God on your life is because of what Jesus did and your faith toward what Jesus did. Come on. Can you just say it? We say the favor of God is on my life and it's because of what Jesus did 
It's not because of my righteousness. It's because of the faith I release toward the cross. I receive extreme favor on my life. Come on, if you don't mind, just lift your hands because the anointing of joy is coming on your life again. The anointing of peace is coming on your life. The anointing of passion is coming on your life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it. All across the room, if you never received Jesus or if you're not right with God today and you feel conflicted, just pray a simple prayer with me before we go. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm sorry for all the dumb mistakes I've made. I believe on the cross you paid for all of my sin. I receive forgiveness. I declare my past is washed away. My future is secure because of what you did. I believe that you rose up from the dead. Now, Lord Jesus, let your Holy Spirit come and resurrect my life. I declare with everyone in this room, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. My life is under the authority of Jesus Christ. And I receive it. I receive his blessing. I receive his favor. I receive his anointing. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, if you don't mind, just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Everybody, Father, in Jesus' name, let your people become lights in the world. Let the glory of faith come upon them. As they go from glory to glory, faith to faith, and victory to victory, I pray that you would cause their feet to be established, cause them to walk in favor. We declare this will be a week of miracles. This will be a week of breakthrough. This will be a week when great things begin to happen, great things begin to open up. Lord, cause them to rise up in great faith and never back down in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give him praise, everybody.